2: Fresh for everyone.
3: This is
0: Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome in Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm Jay Glazer, and I I love to have returning guests um, because it means uh, we didn't mess up the first time. So we have a returning guest here, but before I get into that, if you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. All right, with that, we welcome you into... Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, and today is with Jay Glazer and Dr. Michael Gervais. And I say it right this time, you got it. I did. You, you got it. me last time. And then no, li- listen, you're. I think I'm probably one of your many friends with uh ADHD. So easy for me to. I mess up my own friends' names constantly, and and I always talk about. I said, well, guys, I've been hitting the head a lot, and I don't know if it's the stat or it's the ADHD or <laughs> I'm just a knucklehead, but I'm so happy to have you on again because I have you on here. And it's so funny. You and I've been friends for a long time and you you know helped coach the Seattle Seahawks. And that's how I first met you with John Schneider and Pete Carroll. And you just came out with your first written book, which blew my mind. And it's fun. called yeah. right the, the first rule of mastery. Stop worrying about what people think of you. And man, I want to dive into this with you.
4: Appreciate you, Jay. It's fun to be here with you. And, um, I think when, when, when folks get names wrong or whatever, like I, I know that feeling at the same time. It's only a problem for people that have big egos. It's like, don't you know my name? <laughs> and so <laughs> I shed that ego stuff long ago. Uh, it was too heavy to carry around.
0: No, no, but it's bad um, for me when I'm on TV and I'm screwing up someone's name. <laughs> so and insane. it's just, you know, it's right. just, ter- and I know the guy's name. I clearly know this human being's name. I covered the NFL. I know his name. I did it with Puka the other day with well, that's the Rams. A
4: kind of name. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but I clearly know his name. I was introducing DeMar DeRozan okay. and um, we're doing a We did a panel together on mental health and I couldn't get DeRozan out. I said, and you know, and I'm here with DeMar. De, uh, uh, it, was, it was a live <laughs> audience of like a thousand people and I just couldn't get DeRozan out. Oh my out. God. Oh man. I so did I, I did
0: that once in a speaking engagement also. And was somebody and it was a famous actor and I just had a brain fart and I just turned. I said, of course, everybody, you know him. You know, <laughs> Mr. Him, Yeah, yeah Mr. It, Him, I did that. It,
4: hold on. It's actually a point of anxiety uh, and, and it can trigger panic attacks for people in social settings. And so it's an on-ramp to, we should talk about that because it's an on-ramp to panic attacks and anxiety for folks is the tip of the tongue syndrome really? where it's on the tip of the tongue, but you can't quite get it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, here it is. I know exactly what I'm talking about also. And I'm just, but also I will say this in my defense. My training partners for years are great, so I have been hitting that an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, pull that. I am that quite matters. punchy on top of that also, so that's my defense. I'm yeah, right. a really it's good a- coach. I'm not a very good fighter, so I have gotten a, my head beat in quite a bit, so I, I, I could use that. All right, I want to dive into your book here because, man, to even think about this, stop worrying about what people think of you, how is that even possible? How do we get to li- – listen, I'm – you know, I come across, I think on TV is so, Oh man, this guy's so confident, but no, I'm so incredibly insecure because of course I want people to like me. And I've brought this up in many times in many interviews that yeah, my feelings get hurt easily. So how how are you to coach me to get myself to stop worrying about what people think of me?
4: Well, let's first, let's open it up just a little bit. Okay. And this obsessive, worry that we have with how we're doing makes perfect sense when you understand the biology and the development of the brain. And so I'll open that up in in just a second. But this obsession that we have, it is one of the great constrictors. It's one of the great mechanisms that we have that keeps us safe, but keeps us small. And so it's this fear of rejection and this need for approval that's taking place all the time in real time that is part of the the latent filter, this filter right underneath the surface about the choices that you make with words, the ways that you take action. Am I going to be accepted or rejected? Am I gonna look stupid or are they gonna like it? And it sounds like it's not a big deal, but your brain is designed for survival. Two hundred thousand years ago, our ancestry were perfectly fine and skilled at avoiding or running from or hunting wildebeest and saber tooth tigers. And, you know, like they figured it out. That's why we're here. But there's another thing that was a real survival threat. And that was if we were going to be kicked out of the tribe. Getting kicked out of the tribe was a near-death sentence. And so our ancestry also became highly skilled, and they passed that down to us, is being able to interpret just micro-expressions. Am I in the center or am I getting kicked out of the tribe? And come to find out it's not talked about very often, but it is one of the great restrictors, constrictors of your potential because people are playing it safe to belong. And that's what the tribe requires. Belonging, play by the rules, mm-hmm. authenticity, getting to the edge, going and pushing limits. We don't need that. Not unless you've been knighted or unless you've been crowned to do that. And so, and there is no f- real formal crowning or knighting for most people. So what most of us are trying to do is follow the dictum of the brain, fit in, belong, be safe, um, have approval, don't screw it up, don't get rejected. And the way through that, Jay, is to make a fundamental commitment, which you have, which is to work from the inside out, to understand how your thoughts and feelings and emotions work together and how thoughts, feelings, and emotions Uniquely yours impact your performance and impact you know the way you show up in the world. And until you make that fundamental commitment to work from the inside out, you and I we will be whipped around by the external stressors of the world. And one of the great stressors in modern times is not you know dark alley. The great stressors are do I belong? Evidenced by asking it, certainly in the West, what is the number one fear for most people? They don't say snakes. They don't say rats. They say Public speaking, doing your job basically, getting on stage and and presenting ideas in front of a live audience is one of the greatest fears. So that means the most dangerous thing are the eyeballs, because usually there's not a sniper in row twelve or you know some sort of savage in in the front row. Like it's it's the eyeballs of people.
0: You know, it's interesting because you're right. Like a dark alley for me, sign me the fuck up. I'm good, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But the fear <laughs> that one of my teammates is upset with me. Yeah, it overwhelms me. Even like you and I just talking about it right now mm-hmm. is bringing up a ton of anxiety for me of, and I, I was just talking to my fiance Rosie about this. And I said, you know, I, I still create conflict in my, in between my own ears, which probably isn't there. So it's, it's really what your book is about right here. That anxiety of, man, my teammates are upset with me or I let someone down or everything I've done in life is wiped clean. You know, I'm going to be judged based on just these two seconds in front of me. That's
4: exactly it. So so there's three phases to what we coined as FOPO. The the great constrictor of human potential is fear of people's opinions, right? And we in the book, we get into the biology and the neurochemistry and all that kind of mechanical stuff. But here's here's how FOPO shows up for people. It's like laughing at a joke that you don't really find funny, but you don't want to be the weird one out. You know, holding a cup at a party, like holding a cocktail at a party, even though you don't really want to drink, but you don't want to be the odd one out again you know, pretending to know a song or a movie that everyone's laughing about or talking about, it shows up in these very slippery ways, pulling out your phone so that you look like you've got something going on or you've got your phone out because you're kind of intimidated to get into the mix with people. And it doesn't mean it's pervasive and it always happens and you're holed up in your home or your office. It doesn't mean that. It means that there's just this tension about what are they thinking about me? And if you're honest with yourself, it shapes Oftentimes the way that you think, the way that you respond, the way that you engage. And I thought I was alone in this, Jay. I didn't know that when I was a kid and growing up, like I didn't want to look stupid and I didn't want to let people down. Well, that's all about their opinion. And it was changing the way that I was conforming in the world. And then come to find out when I spent time with elite athletes over the last 25 years, they've got it too. And they look a certain way you would never think. But when you get just like you're talking about, when you get in a private conversation or an honest conversation, letting people down is a problem now. Yeah. And they don't want to look stupid in front of other people. So they they show up and that can lead you to be even one of the greatest in the world. But at what you do, I should say. But there's a hollowness to it because you you abandon your first principles and the way that you want to be for the approval or the fear of rejection of other people.
0: I am just the talk of this. And this is what's great about this podcast. I'm having a full-blown panic attack right now as we speak. So I'm like, come on.
4: Oh, are you just saying that or you're I'm feeling it? Dead serious.
0: I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. My eyes are all over the place. Mm-hmm. My heart is, you know, feels like it's jumping out of my chest. So I'm realizing like, man. Well, hold on. Hold on, Jay. You're yeah. in good
4: hands. Let's. Let, you want to do something yeah. with that?
0: I'm trying to kind of figure it out. Because I think what made me who I am got me to where I was is I didn't give a fuck what anyone thought. I was just going right. So I didn't have this fear of rejection. um, And I was rejected for 11 years trying to get me to where I am. And now here we are talking about, man, what do people think of me? And I, it's caused this full blown panic attack. And yeah, I'm kind of,
4: why do you think that is? Why do you think that you changed your model? Like we could deal with your physiological yeah. response right now, and I could I could walk you through a handful of tools. You know the tools, though. You got to breathe right yeah, now. Yep, yep,
0: yep. I did. You know, my and just yep.
4: be be right here in this conversation. And listen, I'm know proud of the that,
0: fact that I can have full blown panic attacks and still function now, and and even talk about and it now. That, yeah, that, right now, I'm proud right. of it. Right.
4: This is the mark of leadership, by the way. But, it's like saying the hard thing when you're in the hard thing, and it's completely honest. Yep. This is modern leadership, Jay. Right yeah. here. And, but let's just pull out of this for a moment because you could, you could see you see
0: the sweat right here on, on my forehead. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. so blown. your
4: community, but your community respects you because they know what it's like to be in a panic attack. They know what it's like to have anxiety. And let's just talk about it for a minute. There's two ways to manage a full blown panic attack, physiologically and psychologically. So physiologically, you breathe, you come back into your body. You focus your mind on the present moment. And, and you become tactile and it's like doing exactly what you're saying. Like, oh, it's interesting that I'm sweating. My body's just trying to cool off. So that's the physiological breathing is the big one. And once you have a full blown, I don't know if
0: you hear me doing, I'm kind of, I'm doing yeah, it. So, speech, yeah.
4: So just for tutorial reasons, it's big breath in through your nose, <sighs> take an actual sip at the top and then a long exhale.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. And so, I'm, keep, so I'm doing that as you're talking to me. That's what I'm doing. That's it. And that's that's exactly it. So what I have on Sundays, I do that when Kurt asks me something, I'll I'll slowly or quickly do it without the world realizing. A hundred percent.
4: Yeah. that's That's all of us are managing this type of, not panic attacks necessarily, but anxiousness about how's this going to go. And what sits underneath of it is like, am I good enough? Am I good enough in the eyes of others? That's what FOPO is. That's what the fear of people's opinions is. And then the other thing, not to belabor this too much, Jay, but then we start to use our mind. So we talked about the physiological down regulating. And by the way, once a panic attack is on, and I know what these feel like as well for me, yeah. it takes like 45 minutes to fully clear the mechanism. Hmm. So a couple breaths will settle you in, but you, there's still an agitated state because you've got cortisol in there. You've got adrenaline rolling through you. You've got stuff happening. So it's just, you're just trying to manage the edge a little bit, but not return to the, like the zen. You know, that takes time to get to. Right, right, right. It. So then the other side, the psychological side is like, is that you, instead of like, what are they going to think of me? You just focus as deeply as you can on the task at hand. Right. You can pick the task at hand or that you can, you can just listen to the unfolding moment around you. So it's deep focus and breathing are the two. And that's the it. way through panic attacks. Yeah.
0: And you're right. And it's also, it's look, I got a task, I got a job to do, and that's all I focus on. And at the same time, I do tell myself, I convince myself, you're safe. You're safe. You're okay. That's it.
4: Right. That's right other, here. Right now. Let's
0: get back to the interesting part of this. The whole thing was triggered on, man, what, what people think of me. Right. And yeah. So why, uh, did, why
4: did you have that shift? Why did you go from, I don't give a rat's ass to like,
0: man, I, I think I'm caring. Well, I, I cared so much growing up. Mm-hmm. Then it changed in this quest of mine to get to where I am. It became. I don't give a fuck. I got just that task at hand, but I also had nothing to lose. I was making 9450 bucks a year. And and people sit there and they go, oh, man, once you make it, everything's great and rainbows and urine court. No, 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 no. Now you have shit to lose. It's totally different. When you have things to lose, that's when the fear really becomes overwhelming.
4: And so, yeah, we're talking about it, Jay. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. That's That's what happens. you have
0: something to lose. And for me, my job is to be to respect respected
4: so let me hit that because that is where that that thinking is what led to even the five minutes ago panic attack and you're probably feeling a little bit better by now
0: yeah i am a little bit yeah
4: yeah i get to talk to um, you,
0: which is great and that's the whole point of hey this is why we talk about it people if we don't talk about it we cave in even more i get to talk about it. i'm talking to you all publicly as i'm having and you can even hear a wheezing a little bit i'm having it mm-hmm. Publicly, I never would have talked about this years ago and never would acknowledge the fact that I could do this with you makes me yeah. feel better. And that's why I want people to open up to each other. So that's so, how you go through it.
4: But Jay, this is freedom. What you're modeling right now is full freedom, even in the midst of the messy edge that you're feeling right now. Right. This is full freedom because you're, you're naming it in an honest way. You're, you're working from truth. And so you're not trying to bend or manipulate reality. You're working from the ground source. And when you do that, you put yourself back in a position of power, which is radical. So the, the idea that like, because you're a public personality and you're on TV, this idea that I can only stay here if I'm liked is a bit of a poison. Yeah. And there is some truth to it because if ratings go down and ratings right. are basically, um I'm rating you, I'm critiquing you and I'm voting with my channel clicker. If I'm going to turn off when Jay comes on, Well, that message is loud and clear to people making decisions to keep you in in your position. So there is some truth to it. People's opinions actually materially do matter. Right. Okay. But the thing that we're, we're pointing to is that your actual job is to get to the truth, just like you're practicing right now when you're on stage and on air, that you are listening deeply, you're responding with a point of view that's unique to you, and you thought deeply about it. Or you just let it roll because you, your body of work speaks for itself and you've been in this industry for 30 years. You understand it. So, but it's to be true to oneself is the anecdote to the poison. I have to be good enough for them. Right. And it sounds easy. <laughs> I mean, it's rare for a reason, Jay.
0: And that's why it's... you just wrote a book on it. By the way, I've sweated through yeah. my shirt. That's how bad, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad this anxiety attack was. Yeah. I've sweated through my shirt. Hey,
4: so yeah. now you're going to get, now why you're going to get. i on the a air little... with you. I love this for you, not for me, but so you're, you're going to st- you love her
0: for me. Thanks a lot for you.
4: Well, then, I'll tell you why, because now we're getting, we're, we're actually to capture. This is, is awesome because rare, very rare. very it's, yeah. So here's the, here's the thing is like, you can actually work with it right now with somebody that understands it. And so here's, what's going to happen next. You're going to start to get cold because your mm-hmm. temperature has heated up in such a way your body automatically to with sweat, which is to cool you down. And now you're going to start to get just a little cold. And then, so that's physiological. The psychology, you're going to start to say, should I have mentioned anything? Maybe no one would have noticed. Why am I doing this? So it's kind of like the second hit that takes place of doubt for people. Or you slide right into like, this is fucking awesome. Like, are you kidding me? I'm the freest dude alive because I'm working from truth. So you get on one of those two trains, our familiar trains to people that have had panic attacks. I, I'd suggest just stay on the train of like, I am me, yeah, and I'm here. I,
0: I, I'm never ashamed of it. That's awesome, dude. And, and I actually had a a bad day. It was kind of weird, and that's I think my schedule's just kind of been off and kind of whatever. So and you know this this was one of the rare weekends. I actually halfway through the day, I just told Kurt Menefee, "Oh no, man, I'm starting to go in that dark gray." And then I told Terry Bradshaw, because that's who the one I learned about it from. So I listened to it the, and
4: the, the gray. Are we talking about the gray? Yeah,
0: the gray. Yeah. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was a, a middle of Sundays boxing, middle Sunday, our day, you know, we're watching football and it couldn't be better. I got my teammates around me. We're laughing. I just had one. It just, it just came on and it hit and I was off the air for the rest of the day. I was just, man, it just hit, but I was able to tell Kurt and Terry, which again, that's it's a it. talk about right here. So I leaned into yep. it. I didn't run away from it. I'm like, okay, I got to tell these guys and it's a little bit more liberating, but. Again, let's, let's get back to this, this whole thing. What you wrote about, by the way, Wait, this- about Terry, that's Terry's whole thing. Also, is always, man, he's, he has the same fear of you know, being rejected and, and, oh man, it's going to be, you know, this is my, my last year. He says, he said this for 30 years. This will be my last year. I say it also. Oh, it's going to be the, it's going to be a, the sky is always falling, but it, it's, you know, I think no matter what my insecurities, his insecurities, everybody's insecurities are based on the root of exactly what you're writing about of that fear of not being liked. So give me, give me in your book, like, give us, if I could turn around and teach something to to my teammates, Terry and everybody else that I work with right now, give me some bullet points that kind of get us through the art, I guess, if you will, of being liked and not caring that what people say about us.
4: Okay, so I'm glad you brought up caring because the subtitle is stop worrying. The subtitle is not stop caring. So people's opinions, some people's opinions materially matter. So we need to first identify whose opinions matter to you. And for me, I've got a round table and it's eight people. And to have a seat at that round table, two things have had to take place. One is I they've they've had time under tension with me. And for them to demonstrate that they care about me and my growth and who I am. My, my struggles and my ambitions and you know, what flourishing as a human looks like for me, like they really care and that I've got time under tension with them. The second thing is that they've been in the arena. They understand pressure. They understand what it takes to get to the edge publicly or privately and stay in that agitated state in an honest way. Cause that's what's required for breakthroughs. So to get on my roundtable for me to care about your opinion, there's an earned scar tissue together. And it, it's that tenderness of caring that they've demonstrated and in return, hopefully I'm doing the same gift for them and they've been in it. They understand quote unquote it. So I do think that people's opinions do matter now outside of the, the the round table, if you will. And that's a good exercise. Who's at your round table. That's a really good exercise just to go through that. And I think you'd be surprised some of the people at the round table, you might feel like, wow, that person should be there because it's my parent." But if there's only eight seats, who are the ones that you really care about? So that's a, it's a hard, good exercise. And then second, you know, the second layer is where it gets tricky, which is like the college admissions advisor, the the producer, or who's ever responsible for budget negotiation. Those opinions do matter. But if you're not true to yourself, you're playing their game and for their approval as opposed to working from the inside out and being true to your ideas, being true to the way that you are wanting to experience the world. So Wait, I th- want to th-
0: go back to your eight people here.
4: Okay. Eight people yes. at
0: your round table. Mm-hmm. Are these eight people that you look at and go, okay, no matter what, I know I'm walking this walk together and they got my fucking back, or is it, <laughs> hey, I got eight people and they may be screwed up too, but they're still at that table. I may not get what I need back from them, but I love them this much that they're at that table
4: you can make up the rules the purpose is is like whose opinions are you going to deeply value and i need some sturdiness for me i need to know that their opinion is not going to be flippant it's going to be honest it's real it's in context of my unique history and all of my pain and and my the brilliance of how i'm trying to see the future i need them to have context Because I could walk down the street and say, Hey Jay, black shirt really? You're gonna wear black shirt again? Like, come on, man. But you're like, I don't know if you've been traumatized by you were bullied because you wore purple and pink and and blue shirts when you're young. Like so like the opinion shouldn't hold much weight because I don't know your traumas and histories and, and unique, you know, life experiences. So for me, those people, those eight, yes, they have my back, meaning that they under they put in time under tension to demonstrate how much they actually care. So I've, I'm going to, in return, hopefully be able to honor the, the opinions that they're they sharing. Those are the eight for me.
0: It's also so Also, people are going to call me on my, my shit, basically.
4: That's it. Right.
0: That's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. And
4: just calling it out of context is like kind of weak. Right. But if they know you and that you've built the relationship where they can be honest with you, you might put them at the round table.
0: But I, I think it's also people who just hate. Some people I just need unconditional love from. Some people that's I a, may not need call me on my shit. I just need that love. Right? And it's, That's right. It's interesting you're saying the eight. Cause I used to always look at life like, Hey, who are the four legs of my table? That's cool. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a cool exercise for me to do to try to expand it to eight. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, the, the four legs of my table, I've probably changed, interchanged here and there throughout. Yeah. And you know, life. you know, you
4: can, you can also add, you could add Jesus if you wanted. You could add Buddha. You could add, you know, you could add someone you don't really know but you feel like you have a relationship with them. I I have one spot reserved for that as well on my eight. So, you know, um, I just don't get to hear their opinion, right, right, you know, right, so right. it's a little, it's a little bit more complicated. It's interesting.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. Cause now, I, the I'm other- a big, I'm a big God guy, but I've always, you're right. I've never put God at the table. I've always been like, and, and for me, it's my relationship with faith has always been like, I was always punished as a little kid. I got brought upstairs, this dark room all the time. And I just started talk, talking to God and I just started looking at God as my best friend and, like a best friend to have parent. Who do you what do you want in a best friend? Really, you just want someone to listen to be there for you. I'm not oh, so I don't use God to like, hey, get me this job or hey, you know, make this happen for me. Or if you don't make this happen for me, I'm gonna stop believing in you. I don't have that relationship. My relationship is more just I, I'll do it. I'll get where I need to go. Just pick me up, brush me off, and let's keep walking this walk together. But I never viewed faith as being a part of that, that table, if you will, whether it was my four or my eight. It was pretty interested. I'm going to add that today I love that yeah cool yeah it's that. a good
4: exercise it's I a really good that. exercise yeah yeah then and then the other thing is like you'll when you're doing the exercise you'll recognize like man I don't want to send this to like a parent maybe because they're not on the list let's just say that for example and then it's this weird thing like whoa I'm caring about their opinion but I don't even want them on the list of eight at the round table like that's how slippery this thing is All right and here's here's the origins of it your brain is designed to care about fitting in, like we talked about. The second piece is that our culture, certainly in the West, is obsessed with performance. And it would make perfect sense that we would raise handfuls of generations, yours and mine included, where we would fit into what's called a, or develop what's called a performance-based identity. Now, let me explain that. Okay, so the culture values performance, how you fit and stack rank and how well you're doing, we're obsessed with it. So then we build a performance-based identity. And the definition is that I am not who I am. I am what I do relative to how well I do it compared to other people. So my identity becomes how well I do something. So when I go on the mound or when I go onto the pitch or when I go onto the you know the stage, whatever the, the thing is for somebody, this is why it's so hard for so many of us is because it's not just public speaking it's not just sharing the ideas it's the fact that they are judging all of me my entire identity is at stake people say round ball and round bat is a very one of the hardest things to do in sport i disagree i'm going to talk i'm going to point to surfing but okay that's a different story but round ball round bat just to you know kind of make it easy for folks to relate to what what's incredibly hard is that you have to deeply focus okay and it is a challenging task But what happens for most people when you've got, I don't know, millions watching, you know, 60,000 that are, or whatever the stadium is holding uh, eyeballs on you is that you're trying to manage your identity. You're trying to manage your ego. You're trying to manage approval and not look stupid. At the same time, what you need to do is drive all of your attention to picking up the laces. So your mind can only focus on one thing at a time. If it's trying to manage looking good versus deep focus, you'll never see the ball. It's too fast. It's happening to Same with on stage, same with whatever the thing that you matter is that, that matters to you. Our mind can only focus on one thing at a time. Well, and so having the skill, the psychological skill to have deep focus is one worth investing in hands down.
3: Go to Nix.com. That's K-N-I-X dot com.
0: is there also a way do you have tactics in in whether this book or, or other teachings as well where i could start how do you get yourself to shift for you to care more about what your opinion is of you than others what 30 is of you
4: yeah i love that and before i directly answer that i'm going to give you maybe a, a, a something that's going to add material context is that so to go from a performance based identity to a purpose-based identity. So this is no longer about your opinion of yourself here. This is about how true are you to the purpose that matters most to you? And that is the escape hatch. That's the relief valve to go from performance-based, like, man, mm-hmm. what do they think of me to to your point, which is like, well, how am I being true to me? Okay. Okay that's, that's, they're kind of in the same bucket. Not really. They're materially different, but the entirely different game is when you're clear about your purpose in life, this podcast, for example, for you, right? There's a purpose underneath of it. And then, so you're measuring how true you are to the purpose, how much you're actually giving to the purpose. Cause you had a choice, Jay. This is why I have such respect for you. You could have held back and not said anything about a panic attack. You could have said, Hey guys, I need to go to the bathroom. You said, Hey, um, My camera's not working. Hold on. Give me a minute. You had a choice or just to not say anything at all. And maybe no one ever notices, but the choice you made was to be honest, to get to the truth, because that is what this podcast is about. And you're not going to hide from it. You're going to be about it. So you actually are living here the evidence of a purpose based identity. Also, I got to be honest
0: with you. Who better to have a panic attack with than you? i having you I know. coach oh me through it. Can't be better than that. Like, oh, it's, you know, so good. it's like, hey, man, I'm having pitching problems. And I'm hanging out with Nolan Ryan. Like, I'm good. Like, it's a, it's a yeah. perfect guy to have it with. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. My um, And, and my, I'm proud of my scars. That's the whole thing I try and get people to understand. My scars are my superpowers. It's not, and we're talking here about purpose, right? It's not the successes. It's... The scars It's what I've overcome. When I walk in a room, I look at it, and I look at everybody in there and go, y'all ain't like me. I'm different. And not because of what I've achieved, but because of what I've overcome.
4: I love that. And everybody's face down something. Like, we all have our Absolutely. scars. And we need the cool kids like you to be about it and to raise your hand and to say, hey, listen, I got scars. And, you know, what? I'm not done with them. I'm a work in progress and be nice if I was perfect, but I'm leaving that for the enlightened. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know? So uh, nobody does the extraordinary alone, Jay. Like we need each other. We we really do need yeah. each other. We're more like, we're designed more like a coral reef, but we don't act that way. We act like we're individual contributors. We're unique unicorns, you know, but we are really deeply connected and we need each other. So
0: also going back to, you were saying, cause you're going to answer my question, but then you veered. Yes right so i can't believe the add guys making you go back to i know how about that (laughs) See, we we need each other progress right (laughs) yeah well we're
4: in it together all right so purpose-based i'm sorry performance-based to purpose-based and your question is like how do you know if you how does your opinion of yourself become louder than the opinions of others right and the sleight of hand that i was making is instead of doing that be true to a purpose so that's that is your your gauge right? Is that know your purpose and that takes time to, to, to identify that. If you're not clear what your purpose is, I would say that that's the biggest piece of work to do next to the round table of eight. Okay. All right. And then to answer your question though, if you're not down with doing either of those and you're saying, no, I just want to know my opinion matters about me. Okay. So then you need to be incredibly clear about what your core virtues and values are that matter to you so you're not mapping it to your performance you're mapping it to how um, the quality and the character of the human that you are so so that's the foundation then on top of that you can layer your standards for performance so you could be a great performer but if you are lying cheating getting over sneaking one through and your virtues are suspect it's it's unsustainable it gets found out and you know that what you're doing is playing a shell game.
0: Right. So
4: what I'm saying is build the foundation and the foundation is the virtues, the values that matter to you, the things that you're going to stack your performance standards on. So first do the deep work. There's no shortcuts. Okay. Then you can have some real opinions about your performance standards. My standards are crazy high. I'm sure yours are. But if they're, if they're high standards without having foundation, they just end up getting really flimsy and it's hard to repeat them. So then the way that we um, have opinions of ourselves, now we're getting into the art of coaching. So actually, technically, how do you do it? Coach yourself like you are one of your greatest you know, friends or your greatest athletes that you would ever love to work with or a great partner. Back yourself, coach yourself, build yourself, be productive in the way you speak to yourself. Let go of the old narrative like you suck. What's wrong with you? Man, you're never going to get this shit done. Like back down the critique and the judgment. That, that does not create a right. sustainable approach to flourishing, to fun, to whatever. You might get good. Yeah, the good. world is
0: hard enough on you. You don't need to be hard on you also.
4: Yeah. Like, you might get good that way, but you're not going to feel very good. Right. So, um, so there is a better way is my point, right? That's the old school way, like, because they didn't really know better. They didn't know the science of excellence. The science of excellence doesn't point to, like, just be happy, be positive. It's a productive way of backing yourself with your own self-talk. Like, okay, glad I figured that out now. Let's figure this shit out. Let's go back to the woodshed. Let's go to work. Come on, be honest with yourself, get down into it, figure it out. Like you got more and you let's go. That's a whole different way of speaking to yourself than like, man, everyone's watching. You're going to look like a fool. This is crazy. What's wrong with him? Why can't, what, what's, what's his problem? What's her problem? Like now we're in the critique game of others and it's, It's just a a, a complicated little mix. So let me just back up. Virtues and values first, then hold high standards, then be very clear about how you speak to yourself about approaching those standards. If you're not doing the hard work in practice, it doesn't show up in game day the way that you would hope. So the messy edge, the emotional messy edge in practice is what great athletes do consistently. And that's what the rest of us can learn from not just the entertainment of athletics. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love I love it. But what they do is they fundamentally organize their life in front of their peers, their friends, people that are trying to take their job, and their coaches, people who decide if they're going to play or not. They fundamentally decide that they're going to get to the messy edge where it doesn't look good. And they do it on Monday and they do it on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and, and then Sunday, they let it rip. But to to look messy and un and disheveled amongst your friends and peers and people trying to take your job and coaches that hold the keys to your job, to get messy and be a bit of a mess there, that's fucking hard to do. And that's what the greats do. They push to that edge because there's a purpose. And that purpose can be a narcissistic purpose. I just want to be my best. Or there can be a greater purpose. House for the my parents, homes for people that don't have it, shelters for dogs, running waters for whatever. Like if you can upgrade the purpose, that the whole thing gets a little bit easier. So, anyways, I'll stop talking because no, I get I animated it. about this stuff. Oh, no, and I,
0: and I love it. I appreciate it. And just to let you know, so we are. I've got, only got a couple minutes left, but we're about 35 minutes since that panic attack happened, and your everything we talked about has happened. My shirt's dried out. It's gotten colder, but you could hear mm-hmm. everything's kind of calmed down. My breathing has gotten back to normal. So more than anything, I want to show you some gratitude. For helping me walk through this minefield of anxiety. Yeah, man. That's awesome it's really cool. Too. And that's that's a special bond. And that's, you know, I always like appreciate to say you. with my people, we walk this walk together. I always say Amen. we walk this walk together. And you truly walk that walk with me together right yeah. here. And I, I just want to tell you I'm I'm grateful for you. I appreciate it.
4: I appreciate you. And I know we're 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 turning home base here. I just want to say one thing. I I I, I really was looking forward to this conversation with you because of the realness. Because of the authenticity, the groundedness to get to truth. And, man, you did not hold back. And I'm so, sorry. You can't get more it, real than that, right? You can't get more real. And the second thing is I want you to know, look, look, you see this shirt? I've got yep. like a shirt underneath the shirt. I wore that because sometimes I sweat during interviews, too. And so I had a second layer, just, just <laughs> okay, so. In case, yeah, so,
0: yeah. Just in case.
4: So I've oh, I was a, a full-blown on. one,
0: baby. Yeah, that was yeah. I was a wild yeah, one. I was a wild a one. Works. But that's so cool. You don't you know, a couple of years ago, you never nobody would have talked about this. But that's no, yeah. you're leading the way, Jay. And that's Come on. I I appreciate that. But it's yeah. changing Keep the narrative. From the to, front. Hey, these are my scars are my accomplishments. And, you know, there's just I guess this kind of goes back to what you're writing about. You can't yeah. have shame in it. And, you know, that's me taking out the shame means hey, I'm I'm not caring about negative thoughts of what that may bring about of me talking about these issues that I have. A hundred percent. And when we give
4: more value to other people's opinions than our own, we live life on their terms, not ours. And so you're showing the way again. Appreciate Beautiful.
0: you. Brother, yeah. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for joining me, man. How cool is this? I'm just say, how cool is this? I have a panic attack with Dr. Michael Gervais. <laughs> and he walks me through it. Oh, real quick. Before I let you go real quick. I never knew this about you. This is the first book. You've written, but you did an audio book with Pete Carroll. Why did you do an audio book instead of a written book? I'm just fascinated by
4: it. Well, so I I just valued the audio form. You know, I've got a podcast myself, and I really value that. And we thought, let's save, let's save some trees. Let's go the audio route. And it was just, it was really fun to be able to do it that way. Yeah. So that's called compete to create uh, a guide to living authentically, leading and living authentically. How about it? And so um yeah, so that's an audio form only.
0: That's incredible. So again, this book right here, folks, go out and get it. It's already, you know, hit the top ten list. The first rule of mastery, stop worrying about what people think of you. Just incredible. Doc, I appreciate brother. And um, hey, you owe me a day in Malibu. Hey, how about it? That's an All easy right. that's an easy one. All right, man. I appreciate Love you. As well, and yeah. Like I said, let's Thank keep you. walking this walk together.
1: any disease.